Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <sighs> we did it. I still can't believe we got this project done so fast and so well. When I'm in New York. I'm in Chicago. And I'm in L.A. But we're making it happen in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling meeting after meeting for work that could happen from anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here, mapping timelines here, or brainstorming next steps here. It all just happens on the Miro board. Exactly. And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign-off from this guy. Hey! Well, it is true. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M-I-R-O.com. On this gameplay episode, the man reached elite with his feet, scoring long shots, defending driven passes, midfield instructions, the 3-5-2, and plenty more. I'm your host, Ben. You're listening to the Foot Weekly Podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from, and made possible by the pod's patron supporters. Hello, hello. Welcome to week eight of the Foot Weekly Podcast, the gameplay episode. And let me introduce our guests. As we so often do, we have YouTube legend, Air Japes FIFA. Welcome. Hello, Ben. Happy to be chatting a little more FIFA gameplay. Mm-hmm. You know, we get more content, we get more new players, and people want to try different stuff. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, without a doubt. We also have with us Matt Foot Trading, as we often do, uh, elite player, not just a trader. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Ben. Excited to get into another week of FIFA gameplay talk. Yeah, exactly. And looking forward to hearing about that 352 that you've been using, which uh, we had Marcus on the Australian Pro talking about that a bit. And I think you've been using one too, so it'll be interesting to find out what yours is all about. But we're going to now introduce our special guest on this podcast, Zalando77. We had him on back when Scotland were at the Euros. Good to have you back to talk gameplay. Hello. 
Hello, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Oh, great to have you back. And uh, we should first of all say a huge congratulations for about a week ago reaching the elite division with your feet. An incredible achievement. Yeah, definitely. And to do it to do it so quick as well, you know, it was I I was really, really delighted with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's incredible. And we'll talk more about sort of the FIFA gameplay side of things in a second. But from a practical perspective, for those who haven't seen your streams and so won't be aware of how it works, do you want to explain a bit about how playing with your feet works? Yeah, certainly. And, uh, you know, straight off the bat, you know, I can't stress enough. It's just a normal controller. Mm. Uh, there's no adaptions whatsoever. It's just a normal PS5 controller. And I use, I prefer to play on a bed because there's little divots I've learned over the years around a bed where I can push the R2 and the L2 in, oh. uh, you know, for like jockey, finesse shots and things like that. And, you know, I just, just years and years of practice. I just, you know, I've, from early on, you know, I understood that I can't do it. I can do it with my hands, but you know, I love football and I didn't want to miss out. I didn't want to just watch my friends and my brothers play. So I just, just kept at it really and just uh, kept going, you know, from back, back then it was like the Sega Mega Drive, just a few buttons, Ben. And then obviously over time, all the controllers and different buttons and things like that. So just constantly really adapting, really. That's interesting because, yeah, you were mentioning about obviously having less buttons on the old controllers. Uh, are you able to use all the buttons on the controllers with your feet that you would use for FIFA? Yes, yes and no. It's sort of just up to, believe it or not, just up to last year, I couldn't chip shot. I found I found it too difficult uh, to chip because uh, I've got better moving on my right foot than the left and uh, I use L1 and the shoot button to chip. So I couldn't do that for years, but I just kept at it and then la just last year I managed to do chip shots and then I'm just practising with finesses. So maybe like, let's say, for example, in the objectives that you get uh, with uh, foot, uh, like say I've scored like 500 odd goals for the various objectives, like maybe only 50 of them uh, are finesse shots. So it's just constantly trying to adapt and just get better and better and just practice really. Wow, that's amazing. So in, obviously that's the same button to change player, isn't it? The L1 or LB button. Yes, what, what I use is uh, I, I use the auto switch. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But this year, I don't know what it was. Right at the start when the game came out, I didn't feel it was working that well. It wasn't auto switching, so I was doing it manually with the right stick. Mm. And now I've just stuck. I've just stuck with it, and I feel I think it's took my game another level. Where I, cause I, I can see, like for example, instead of uh, your opponents running on and then auto switching would, would go straight to the defender. Now I can switch to the CDM and be and be more in control and cut the passing lanes and so on and so forth. Wow. So yeah, that's something you've really had to overcome then, I guess, because yeah, yeah. that must be a whole other, I mean, I myself, like, I can't say that I'm especially good at right stick switching. You know, I still use that L1, LB button at times to, to be quickly moving to the right player, but you're having to use the right stick switch to, to move across every time, essentially. Yeah. And just for a tip for the listeners, what I find is better if you use right, right stick switching is uh, change it to relative instead ah, of player. Okay. Interesting. And I've found that that's beneficial to me. Yeah, I should explain actually for those who may not be familiar with this, it was something that was added a few years back or, or relatively recently really actually. And you can use the right stick to change player but do it based on the position of the ball rather than the position of the player that's currently selected. And it is something that I found incredibly confusing having done right stick switching with the right stick for so long based on the player's position. Yeah, yeah. But I think for people who haven't 
done right stick switching before, this might be a good way to kind of enter it and, and give it a go because it, as you say, it actually might be a bit more logical to people. They can change that in the uh, controller settings. Uh, Matt, did you have any questions you wanted to kick us off with? Yeah, I think the play style was definitely one I wanted to ask because I feel like at the top level, we have a lot of like spammy mechanics, I'd say, especially with like cancelling skill moves and that. I was wondering like how you navigate what is quite a, a spammy kind of meta. It was over the years, this passing move, and I can't do the... I, you need to hold in the buttons and then you get the player uh, to run uh, the pass and move. So what I do is I rely on the player instructions. I, I want more like getting behind or your CDN to get forward. Regarding the mm. play style, I do, I do quite a lot of passing, but over the years I've adapted more, if you, if you like, if it's the right word. I've um, upgraded my play style. So I do a lot of ball rolls, uh, a lot of um, fake shots. And especially the one where you fake shot and then you quickly do the ball roll. And mm. all, I, I do like to do like stepovers and things like that. And I do like to like slow the play down, like have a nice bit of build up rather than just, you know, spam the, the through ball meta. Uh, but I like a good build up goal. But also, um, I do cross it quite a lot. Not a lot of people uh, cross in FIFA. Uh, but mm. I, 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 I like it and it's, it's beneficial to me. Yeah, it's quite refreshing really to to hear that because I think, you know, it's it's sort of like the more realistic, pure type of football, isn't it really? You know, the pass and move, good build up, utilising, you know, I'd say realistic skill moves in like ball rolls and step overs and timing them correctly. And it's not really, you know, the ball roll scoop turns and, you know, all these cancelled shots and cancelled skill moves. It's, it's a much more pure style of FIFA. So... From my perspective, I mean, I I love the sound of that playstyle, so uh, it's it's really good to hear that you're having a lot of success with it. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Matt, because that's one of the reasons why I was really interested to get yourself on, Talando, because not only is it an incredible achievement, but also the way you've been playing, and I've caught some of your streams and things, and it is a very, like, pure football style, essentially. And I guess originally that was probably something you had to do out of necessity, but I guess it's just become as you say you've learned more and more things over time like you're still sticking to that kind of style right you still have that sort of identity almost yeah def- definitely uh, because you know I, I love football and I, I was I was never you know Pele or Maradona on the football pitch but I grew up with you know Pep Guardiola's Barcelona if you like so mm. I, I really wanted I couldn't obviously implant that in real life on the pitch so I, I just really done it uh, with FIFA really I, I like that style but I enjoy it yeah, a man after your own heart, Japes. Anything to add from a playstyle perspective yourself? Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm curious how you think about playing out of a press. Mm. To me, it strikes me that that's something that could be like challenging at times. You know, trying to play out of I it. Th- that's a very, very good question. Um, with a press, yeah, it was difficult. But again, you know, uh, again, I just you know adapt the way I see a, a press. A good thing that you can do is just switch it to your full. I always have my full backs on stay back while attacking, so you've got that. Uh, you've got that like if you like safety net, if that makes sense, and you would just quickly switch it over to your opposing left back or. Um, you know, just pretend, I don't know if this would make sense, pretend you're going one way, but just left stick dribble the other, then quickly pass it out and then go over the top, really. Uh, but also as well, with a, with a press, of course it depends who the player is, but sometimes it can be uh, that bit more easier if they press straight away high, 
and then you just do your passing move. You you switch it wide, then you quickly pass it to your cam, then go back to your left cam, and then your left cam to your striker. So if you build, if you're good with your patterns of playing, you, you build it up, then you know the press shouldn't be um, an issue really. Yeah, it was something we talked about not that long ago, actually, uh, getting out of presses. So uh, we won't go back over it again now. And that was useful enough in itself. I was going to ask you a bit more about what you're playing. I think it sounds like a 4 2 3 one, yeah? Yeah, I've, I've always played that. But last mm. year, um, I, I don't know, what, for some reason or, or another, I thought it was better to go with two up front last year. But I've no idea why. But this year, it feels like, yeah, you can go um, with one up front. But I do have a three-five-two set up as well. So I totally agree from uh, Matt's pr- uh, basically point of view uh, regarding that. But I mainly play uh, the four-two-three-one. Just I like um, having the formation because you've got loads of triangles all over the park. Yeah, exactly. And actually, you've really transitioned us nicely onto the next point, which was going to be asking Matt about that three-five-two. I know you have shared your tactics on Twitter, so if people want to see those, they can go over to at Matt for trading for the real nitty-gritty. But in terms of the you know, overall idea there and, and the tactics you're using, what, what are you kind of going for? Really, I was I was playing a lot of like, you know, four-two-three-ones, I was doubling in four-four-two, four-three-two-one. And I don't know, there was no formation really that I felt offered both the ability to play wide, but also have a threat through the middle. Because hmm. I feel like, you know, obviously you can set up different tactics, like we discussed on a, on a podcast previously. Um, having like a wide formation and a narrow formation would be good for, for various games. But there's, I don't know, I felt like I needed something a bit a bit extra that offered both the ability to go wide um, but also have sort of a good amount of players centrally to do sort of those quick passing moves. So I tried out the 3-5-2 and it's a lot of fun. Basically, mm. the way I play it is, so I have um, your standard back three. I've got Alaba, Marquinhos and that rule breakers, Dante. Um, two CDMs. So all, all centre-backs. All centre-backs, yes. Yeah, I feel, yeah. yeah, it's been working okay. You know, I, I get a lot of people asking me, you know, or oh, how do you defend with only like three centre backs and one CDM on stay back? And my my answer is always the same. If you need, you know, five or more players to defend the counter attack, maybe the issue is more so some of the mistakes you're making as a player <laughs> yeah, good, yeah. instead of having the bodies back. So I think, okay. you know, if you've got four players back to defend the counter, that's more than enough really. If you're, you know, you're doing the right, the right switching and applying pressure in the right areas. So I play one CDM on stay back, um, which is the flashback Kante. Obviously I'm a first owner, so I haven't packed his gold yet. So it made sense to do SBC. The right CDM I play as more of like a, a deep line playmaker that can sort of come in from deep, um, almost acting sort of like a box to box actually that's on balanced. And yeah, my left and right mid don't actually play fullbacks. I know a lot of people when they talk about the three five two, they talk about having you know these attacking fullbacks like your Trent, your your Theo Hernandez, your Alfonso Davies type players that can get back and defend. But I've actually been using the inform Vinicius Junior and that inform Rafinha, oh. both hmm. sort of cutting inside. Um, but I do also switch it sometimes so that if I do need to put in a cross, I put Rafinha on the left. So he's got his left foot on the left-hand side. We've got Vinny on the uh, the right foot on the right-hand side. So I can put in crosses if need be, which are quite good on counter-attacks, for example. 
and then yeah, yeah, you cam and your two strikers. You you set that up pretty much as you would normally with you know a good sort of technical cam that perhaps has finesse shot trait and can score from outside the box, and then your two strikers that are just the finishers in your team. So the the idea is just to sort of have a lot of options going forward. You're going to have your left mid and right mid uh, bombing on on the on the outside. You're going to have one of your CDM sort of stepping up and acting almost like a, a sort of pivot in the midfield um, to sort of always go back to. You've got your cam on the edge, who's always an option to make a triangle with the two strikers. So really, you're attacking with with five players at once, really, which I don't really feel is possible mm. in many formations. Can you think 4-2-3-1, you're attacking primarily with your front four. 4-1-2-1-2, four, one, two, one, two, you know, you might have your centre mids on get forward, but very rarely the people attack with a five and a 4-1-2-1-2. Four, one, two, one, two. Four three two one again. It's maybe one of those midfielders stepping up. So I just felt like it offered it offered me a lot going forward. Rumor has it there's a uh, four five one tactic floating. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have said that. <laughs> that allows you to attack with quite a few players as well. <laughs> it's funny actually because that's not probably not a dissimilar uh, shape in a way going forward, right, James? Because you kind of have. Uh, I mean, you you just have one player kind of that's like a pivot rather than the two. It's a little bit harder to kind of cycle possession and and it's less i'd say attacking through the middle mm. like the four five one oftentimes you're attacking from out wide yeah, yeah that is also on twitter for people who are wondering at air japes i'd be interested how do you play that four five one with the fullbacks japes do you just have the fullbacks on stay back yeah i have them on stay back i have toyed around with having them on mm. inverted that like idea being that they pinch in a little bit to help support the cm in possession because you certainly don't need them to overlap mm. and that's been uh, I haven't gotten that quite right, but I think it's a change that I'm going to like keep trying to improve on because it help it does help out in possession a little bit. But when you you create so many mismatches in transition because the left attacking mid and right attacking mid seem to like wander out wide by the left mid and right mid, and oftentimes it just makes for a super easy build up mm. in one twos to just like bypass mm. their outside backs especially if they're playing a narrow formation and then you have a ton of options as your you know your attacking mid on the opposite side wanders into the middle you've got your striker um and then it oftentimes leaves the outside mid on the far side wide open so uh, it's been a really, really refreshing and fun way to play FIFA. Yeah, definitely. And actually, we should say the podcast two weeks ago, Gameplay Pod with pro player Tom Lees, you spoke about the 451 in more depth. If people want to check that out, then do head back and listen to that very well received episode. And uh, let's talk more about the 352 a little bit, actually. Uh, just wanted to hear from you, Tando. How would you say your tactic maybe differs from what Matt's using? Um, I would say, yeah, it's very similar. Interesting to hear that he chooses uh, Vinny. And Rafina, um, cause I, I would, if I played it, I would have Mendy and Takimi, but it doesn't, when you're in that final third, you know, I, I can imagine that if you had a Vinny there or a Rafina, it would be much, much better, um, to attack from. So that's possibly, I might actually take from that as instead of just having the fullbacks, mm. um, I would use, I would use like players like, cause I've used Vinicius Junior, fantastic. Um, so yeah. Certainly, definitely. Uh, but also, I'm more curious, really, what you do uh, with the cam because o- over the last few weeks, I've been dabbling either with the cam in a four-two-three-one or the three-five-two. Do you have it on uh, get in the box for cross, or do you just leave it default? Yeah. So on my one, I have stay forward, get into box. Now, the main reason I do that is because 
actually, because I play one of the CDMs on um, balanced attack, I find that if I'm sort of really like bombing on players, it just helps sort of get them a little bit closer up to the strikers um, on a lot of occasions. So I can do those quick sort of, you know, quick ticky-tacker moves to, to sort of break past the defence. But yeah, especially like if I play the ball wide out to one of my wide mids, I feel like the the cam, it, it just takes up a slightly better position when, when he's getting into the box, and especially for, for late runs and that, or for just uh, sort of uh, transitions to so say I'm, I'm running down, down the line. He just takes up slightly better positions, I find. Um, I know people do like to have it on, you know, stay on the edge of the box for crosses just so he's an option to pass back to. Yeah. I feel like that's better when you've got both of the CDMs on stay back just because then there's, yeah, that space is occupied by the cam instead of a, a CDM sort of pushing up a little bit more. So yeah, I think it, it does depend on what you're doing with your, your CDMs. If you've got someone pushing up, you can sort of uh, get him on that, uh, get into the box instruction. But if you do like to play with both your CDMs or most of your midfield sort of staying back and not getting forward as much, then yeah, maybe just having him on that uh, stay on the edge will just sort of make him take up some slightly deeper positions in that space. Um, and then you can play from there. Fair enough. And see, regarding the, your left mid and your right mid, you said earlier on there that you have a cut inside. So do you have get in the box, cut inside and get in behind and then come back on defence? Yeah, I have all of those. Yeah, come back, cut inside, yeah. get in behind, get into the box. I also put conservative interceptions on. Right, okay. Which is just a nice one for saving a little bit of stamina. Mm. You know, if you're putting all those instructions on, they're going to be they're going to be getting back, but they're going to be bombing on as well. So it's going to be yeah. quite, quite uh, hard on the stamina. So it's always good to just have a couple of subs as well, because they're the, they're the positions that I do uh, sort of sub on and off uh, most regularly because of that, that stamina issue with all those instructions applied. I actually think conservative and aggressive interceptions is a really underrated instruction tweak, actually, hmm. because you're right. It can conserve stamina. I've bit pretty much played Ronaldo, um, who, you know, don't know whether I mentioned it on the podcast before, but I packed him untradeable. Um, and uh, I've been playing him on conservative pretty much the whole time because, I don't know, he doesn't feel that amazing at pressing and having him have good stamina towards the end of a game is actually way more important. And his stamina isn't amazing. But also, if you have a player who you know you're going to sub off and they're a forward player, it can be quite a good idea actually to put them on aggressive interceptions because... Yes, it drains their stamina, but they look to get interceptions more frequently and it's surprising how often those players will actually win the ball. You can take it off um, if you find they're getting too tired, but it also means they're more likely to appear as a quick sub option because they're tired. So you might save yourself a pause or something like that. Um, so I definitely think that's something people might want to look at a bit more. And if you've got like a pressing tactic, then having players on aggressive is really useful. Drains the stamina, as we were saying, but it can work really, really well. I was going to ask you actually, so I know you're talking about uh, using instructions to create more runs um, kind of automatically, if you like. Have you used any of the chance creation tactics to try and do that? Like, how have you found those? And are there any particular good ones you've found for kind of creating those opportunities? In previous years, I would just use long ball and just uh, balance. But what I've been doing this year is uh, using just balance, balance. And I've found a lot of success in uh, the new uh, feature, the uh, direct passing. I feel okay. that's very, very good because usually if you have long ball or fast build-up, I find the players run away from the ball when there's no build-up play. But with direct passing, you've got that you know safety net of having a build-up and then when you're in the final third, then your players actually make good runs. Yeah, and actually talking of uh, attacking 
tactics and that sort of thing. Last week, I shared tactics which helped me push into the elite division a week or so ago and are deliberately set up to counter the 4-2-3-1, which has been such a pain to play against for so long and is really common this year. And I explained how that works on the supporter gameplay episode last week and got loads of feedback, people saying that it really helped them against that formation, but also to just progress more generally up to the next rank or, uh, you know, do better in weekend league and things like that. So that was really great to see. If you haven't caught that episode, please do. If you're not a supporter and fancy signing up, but haven't got around to it yet, then there's no better time because it's quite early in the month. So the best time to sign up is now. And also you can access that full back catalogue of gameplay podcasts. It's the start of the cycle, which is, I'm sure, very informative. Any that weren't on the main feed will be there as well as plenty more beyond that. There was a time when the podcast wasn't even able to come out weekly, and now there are two podcasts every week, one of which is a thank you to the supporters for supporting the pod. Uh, You can sign up, it's super quick and easy. It'll only take a few minutes, I'd imagine, and it is just £3 a month for double podcast content. You can do that over at bit.ly slash morepod, or just search support for weekly. If you do decide to support, a huge thank you for doing so. And if you already are, thank you for keeping for weekly going. Let's get back into the pod. Safe drivers save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance. All right, getting back into part two, we will start with some listener questions. This one is from Flintren. Are long shots outside of the penalty area viable, particularly standard shots? I put a sniper on the objective Antonio and tested standard shots from outside the box and he didn't come close to scoring. Interested to hear if anyone on the pod has had success with standard long shots from outside the box. Yeah, an interesting question, James. I think we talked about this maybe early on, but I guess we're mainly talking about finesse shots probably. Have you experimented with outside the box shots particularly? Uh, I have been and I they're like okay I Mm. guess it's like they're like very okay they don't feel as like reliable as finesse shots do but if you have a player with high like shot power is a more important stat for me here than long shots and if you're playing against I found most success playing against like the really tall keepers when you come up against like Donnarumma, that sort of thing, if you try to finesse them, they catch it more often than not. Mm. And so if you're shooting from distance against them, I found more success going with long shots. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and Matt, what about you? I think the one thing I would say is like, you, know, you really need to put a lot of power into them and probably time them as well. Yeah, we, we did just, I remember we discussed this a little bit in, in one of the earlier podcasts to the point where it's probably been patched. But I remember like the outside of the box... I don't know whether it was like first time or whether it was just cross goal shots. It was making the keepers take some really weird animations. I don't see it as much now, so it probably has been patched. But yeah, try and focus on the green timing and, you know, put at least two and a half to three bars of power on it to to really sort of make sure it, it does go past the keeper because, yeah, they're, they're not as easy to score as previous years compared to the, the finesses. Um, but yeah, timing, two and a half, three bars of power cross goal shots if possible that's sort of what i'd say yeah definitely anything to add there yourself talando on long shots you know i, I like the build up and i score most of my goals in the box but you know fifa's a game fifa's a game of angles what what i've really found success with if you're on the, just in the 
edge of the box and say you've got um, a left-footed player, Raul, for example, and just do a normal diagonally shot because the keeper, uh, the keeper's movement would go slightly to the right because your player's on the left, then it creates that like space, if you like, and I've got no idea why it works, but if you do it diagonally, not just not go for the finesse, don't go for any driven or, or whatever you wish, just purely diagonally, like three, four bars, and it will go in nine times out of ten. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And also looking at the keeper's movement, because they have changed it this year, I've talked about this before, they move now to compensate for the positioning of the defenders if that makes sense or, or they consider the positioning of the defenders more I think so it means that if you are going to run across the goal and shoot back across the keeper mm. then if you can go past the defender accelerate past them that's blocking that far post it means the keeper is going to have shifted across more to the near post because of that blocking defender and they're going to have a harder time getting back across to the other side of the goal to save your shot. So that can work really well. Another point I just make, kind of relating to long shots, but shooting more generally, is outside foot shot trait. They mentioned in a patch recently that it wasn't working as intended and that they've fixed it, which actually means that potentially it's going to be more effective to use the outside foot shot trait players and those shots are going to work better, potentially outside the box as well. I wanted to make a, a more general point on shooting, actually, as we're talking about it. It is noticeable, in my opinion, how much difference finishing actually makes to shooting in the box like i think early on people were like so hard to finish in the box and it, it was trickier they did do patches to the goalkeepers and things like that but it really feels like actually we've seen that kind of change a bit as people have started using players with better finishing i don't know whether that's a, a kind of fair observation but i certainly haven't found nearly as many problems i can just like blast it in the box at goal and if i put a good amount of power on it it doesn't go near the keeper if the player has good finishing uh, i don't know is that my imagination would anyone else agree with that I mean, we talked about it, gosh, probably a month ago now. And mm. I, you know, I picked up like Benzema and I thought finishing was like the easiest thing in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't understand why people are having such a hard time with this. And then I switched around and tried a few less than perfect finishers with mm. no real traits. And I was like, man, I just can't score goals anymore. So I went back to Benzema and I really haven't found finishing being super tricky or challenging this year i think i just think the one thing that i always have to remind myself is when you play against like if it's a smaller keeper it's better to roof it if it's a bigger keeper it's better to use the low driven with the l1 r1 mm. and it like makes a difference when i play against you know donnarum as my arch nemesis on fifa because <laughs> undoubtedly i will get through on goal and try to chip him and it's a bad idea mm. so i have to constantly remind myself which is the way it is in you know real football right like you should mm against really, really tall big keepers, you should be shooting low because it's harder for them to get down. Good point. And uh, let me bring in this question, Carl Eric saying, how do you defend driven passes to the strikers? Feels like good players are able to beat my entire initial press with one driven pass to their strikers and they have a 2v2 or 4v4 situation going straight away with their midfielders also attacking much faster than mine and tracking back. What should we be focusing on in those situations? Uh, Matt, should we come to you first? I know you're, you're certainly a student of the passing game. That's that's something that I look to do a lot of those those R one X passes into the into the strikers to sort of beat a midfield press. I think CDMs and switching to your CDMs and manually marking those passing lanes is my top tip. Um I always struggle against people that 
perhaps use a second man press a little bit more in that situation and then mm. use their manually control player to to actively mark that pass into the striker. That's something that I certainly struggle against as someone that likes to pass into the striker. So that would be a good tip. And also, if you are using that second man press, use that second man press and then try and implement a little bit of right stick switching when you're close to the player to, to put that pressure on um, whilst marking the passing lane, then switch and then try and actually uh, take the ball with that player that you started the second man press with. Um, that would sort mm. of be my advice. And that's something that I struggle with uh, when I come up against someone defending those uh, R1X passes against me. Oh, that's an interesting point. Uh, Talando, anything to add on defending driven passes? I agree with Matt. Um, I think he's covered it perfectly. Yeah. One thing that, I have heard people say, Japes, is putting cut passing lanes on your two CDMs, if you have two CDMs, can be quite effective. I don't know whether you, I know you're actually only using one kind of more defensive midfielder at the moment, but have you given a cut passing lanes a go? Yeah, I, when I've used, I mean, I've toyed around with the 4 2 3 one. Mm. I find cut passing lanes probably beneficial when I have two CDMs. I think the other thing is like, I tend to, I'm more inclined to put cut passing lanes on as an instruction if the player I'm using has a high interception stat and like for me it just seems to make a difference and I mean I still will occasionally use man mark if I'm using I've used it I've toyed around using it with two DMs but really it's just in like four three three one DMs where you're playing against a formation with just a single cam and they just sort of mark the cam out of the game and it works really really well so mm. I, I would I think that the overall message is I would encourage people to kind of play around with it and see what works for your style because like our brains all function differently defensively and the stuff that we see or the way we want to move players is all going to be different. And when you toy with these, you know, small tweaks and instructions, your players will position a little bit differently and it might work better for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. And also if you've got a formation you're running, you know, you can have some experience with it before you put cut passing lanes so that you can see what it's actually doing to your to your setup as well, I think is is quite an important point to make. Um right, I, I think that was um, good advice from all. Let's move on to another question here from Richard G. He says, any thoughts on the positional freedom instruction for CMs? Free roam seems to bring the player back to collect the ball while drift wide isn't much of a change to anything. Um, and yeah, this is something that I think we've not covered in much depth, but I've spoken about when talking about our own tactics. And I have liked the free roam instruction and used it when I was playing false nine and then actually didn't when I was doing four, three, two, one, because it felt like the CMs positioned themselves really well. But Japes, I know this is something that you've experimented with as well. And also uh, the drift wide instruction. So what, what are your thoughts on that and, and whether it can be useful? Well, the positional freedom, like as far as like build up, I think is uh, on the, on the CMs is like, if you do it with both of them, you can get yourself into trouble. Like if you do it, like the, where I found success is putting it on like Frankie de Jong and have, letting him have a midfield partner that is on like mm. stay central, stay back, you know, like really locking it down in the middle of the park. Because if I use the, if I've used that instruction with build up, sometimes they'll drop deep out wide to kind of like collect or not out like out wide out wide but drop in an area between the center back and the player that has the ball out wide to receive a pass which is great to transition and continue retaining possession but if you make a mistake they're really really out of position mm. so it's just something to be cognizant of that if you do put that instruction on you're going to be a little bit more susceptible to counters mm. on the flip side on the cms like the drift wide instruction i play this variation of a 4-1-2-1-2 
narrow and I use the drift wide on the LCM and RCM, if you put that instruction on, but you have a left mid and right mid that are already out wide, they're not going to drift out wide. Mm. So like, I think that's the thing. If you want people to use that instruction, you could use it in like a 433 probably in the LCM and RCM, depending on what instructions you have on your left wing and right wing. Maybe I need to try that. Cut inside, left wing, right wing, drift wide, LCM, RCM. Could be spicy. Mm, yeah. I'll have to play around with that, Richard, and get back to you there. But like for me, when I've tried it on CMs where I have a LM or RM already out there, they just don't go out wide because why would they? And uh, yeah, it would be interesting to know, you know what people's thoughts are because it's going to very much depend on the formation and what other instructions they have, I guess, as you say. like It, it does really impact uh, each player, the different instructions on the other players. Yeah, it's why you got to go like scientific methods sometimes with your mm. instructions and like tactics, right? Yeah. Change one variable at a time and see what happens. Yeah, I agree. But I think certainly in formations where you know you have a left forward, a right forward, or you have a cam and two strikers, I think putting free roam on the CMs can be pretty beneficial in terms of just making them operate more like attacking players than midfielders, if you want that. I think it, it can be pretty helpful because they're less inclined to sit in their position and be in the right spot to come back defensively. So it can give you some some nice movement, which you don't get otherwise. So worth experimenting with, for sure. Uh, Talando, anything to add on you know, centre-mid instructions? I guess, I guess you have cams in your... Don't you? You can put those on free roam. Is that something you've considered or done? Well, I usually just uh, stick to possession. But what I found with a four treble two, um, you know, I four one two one two in the arrow. A lot of people, you know, use it. Uh, I like uh, width, but with uh, with a four treble two, what I've noticed is if you have the two cams on getting the box free roam, when you're building up, you've got um, like an overload. One of the cams will come inside and be like what Jep's describing as his um, drifting midfielder, and then the other cam would be out wide, so, and so you've got like the different triangles. So just listening to what Jep's saying, I might you know uh, dabble with that, you know, in the four two three one where I'll have the free roam on my cams. But regarding the the middle cam, uh, I feel I would always want that to be the centre, because the four two three one, I feel, you know, the cam's a very, very important position. You want that point, that point of attack to mm. start your attacks, you know. So I would always have that yeah, yeah. stay stay in position. But, you know, regarding the wide cams, then, yeah, certainly I, I'll, I'll certainly try it. And just like Jake says, it's just really the variables. You know, you try one, it's all trial and error. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anything to add from you, Matt, as well, and uh, free roams? I know we've said a lot already, Matt. I think I think these two have absolutely nailed it. Definitely. I mean, I was going to add this question also from Richard for you, Japes. He says, what does EA have against Nicholas Sula? Two-star skills, but watching him play, you see the nickname Celino fits. On top of that, they keep his pay stats below usable and he never receives a special card. Uh, yeah, I just thought it's a good point. I mean, there are lots of players like this, right? But Sula seems like one of the obvious options where stats don't fit the player in real life. As like a Bayern fan, having watched Nicolas Zula play right back occasionally, right? And he's like chopping inside. <laughs> to me, it's just like, this is another prime example of like what could have, should have, would have been like a hilarious rule breakers card. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, yeah. you'd like boost his pace a ton, give him some like high dribbling stats, keep his passing low, bump his physicality. Well, maybe keep his physicality high, bump his defending down, right? And in... I don't know about you guys, but I haven't played against Nicolas Zula once this year. I don't expect to play against him mm. once 
unless he comes up with some special card, I likely won't use him at all. Mm. In the Bundesliga, he has one of the highest top speeds, at least in one of the past few seasons, but his sprint speed is still only 79. So like, I don't really understand what they're doing. I'd love to see a Solino and, you know, go nuts, give him five-star skills. Like if they can do it with a Nick Pope card, why can't they do it with Nick Lazula? Yeah, no, it'd be great to see. And I mean, he is very underrated anyway, as you were saying. I think a lot of his stats don't reflect the player and we'll have to see whether that gets corrected at some point. But talking of underrated, I'd be interested to hear from you, Tulan, though. It's always good to get a reference to a player that people have been enjoying recently. And uh, is there anyone you would like to give a shout out to from Rule Breakers? An interesting one, I would probably say uh, Matisse. His gold card is actually is pretty good. And then you didn't really see at the start of FIFA and the start of squads, you didn't really see him. But I think he's got four-star skills four-star four weak foot, he's very, very good, and then he's got a rule-breaker. Um, his balance, his dribbling stats are fantastic. His pace is pretty good, his acceleration. So I actually packed him uh, the other day, and I've been actually using him, and I've, to be perfectly honest, I've been quite impressed with him. Oh, nice, yeah, yeah. I was looking at him with a hunter, especially, he looks like pretty crazy, because his strength and physicality are yeah, really, definitely. really outstanding. And he's, he's what, like 12k or something? It's, the market's crazy, you know, that's a different story for yeah. a different day, I'm sure. It's absolutely nuts at the moment. Yeah, no, it certainly isn't something that we talk about this week on the content podcast, so if people want to check it out, we've got Richard in there as well. They can hear that on the supporter podcast feed. Thank you very much to our guests here for joining us, especially to Lando. Thanks for coming along. It's been great to have you. People should check out your Twitch streams, of course. Yeah, please. And also it's been great to be on again. You know, thanks very much. It's always a good conversation. And you guys, you know, you, you certainly know your stuff. Um, so thank you very much for that. You. Um, you can find me at uh, YouTube. Um, you know, all, everything um, is just Talando77. So, you know, www.youtube.com forward slash Talando77. Um, to be honest, I haven't really done much in the YouTube side this year, just with uh, working and combining the streams, but I'm looking to do that. But mostly um, I stream daily at Twitch at www.twitch tv forward slash talando 77 and you can follow me on all the socials uh, instagram you know twitter at talando 77 so i've really enjoyed it and um, so thanks again for having me no not at all it's been great to have you on and actually funnily enough if people head over to your twitter they will see a congratulations video from a celtic player which was uh really great to see and in fact Jota, who it was, may well be the Silver Stars player this week, in fact, or maybe by the time people are listening to this. He scored two goals at the weekend, yeah, so we won. Uh, yeah, so I was over the moon uh, with that, getting that video, mm. so it's good to get recognition, you know, I feel where uh, the channel is getting more and more attention this year, which hopefully it continues and I just keep working hard uh, but to get that recognition, you know, from big streamers as well, like, for example, Castro, he, he's seen my tweet, um, he, he also retweeted it, he follows me on Twitter now. You've also got Nepenses as well. Uh, also, you know, uh, Matt and you, you yourself, you know, follow me on Twitter. Um, Nepenses said, um, tweeted about me. So it's really nice to get that recognition from, you know, people in, in the streaming world. So that's excellent. And then, of course, it's the chair in the cake, you know, where you, you support Celtic. You're, you're watching this man play on a Thursday night and then the next day you get a video from him um, congratulating you. So it's all positive and I was delighted. Yeah, and talking of which, if people want to check out a, a nice positive stream, then do head over to twitch.tv slash Talando77. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
Uh, it's been great to have you on. And uh, thank you very much to our other two guests on this one. Jakes, first of all, it's been great to have you on. Always a good bit of fun and a great way to start the week. And of course, if you have questions, ask me on Twitter at Air Japes. Uh, I will likely not be streaming this week, so perhaps anytime soon. So Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me. That is, of course, at Air Japes. Of course, and to Matt as well. It's been great to have you on if people want to see those tactics and also check out your streams too. Where can people catch you? You can catch me over on twitch.tv slash mattfuttrading, uh, also on Twitter, mattfuttrading as well. Uh, so yeah, come say hello, say that you are from the pod. I have a special place in my heart for all the uh, all the people that come over and say they love the uh, the podcasts. So uh, yeah, you can catch me over there, Twitch and Twitter, um, for all of our gameplay and first owner PMRTG grinding. Great. Yeah, you're not the first guest to say that, actually. I think it's, it's always nice when people pop into guest streams and uh, say that they came across them on the podcast or that they enjoy the pod uh, it definitely helps out when i'm asking the guests to come back on so if you're in and around people's streams then do say hi say you came from the pod it definitely helps out and of course if you'd like to help yourself to more podcasts you can subscribe so you get all the podcasts on the main feed directly into that podcast feed which is great and you can also get double the podcast content as a supporter just search support for weekly and if you are already supporting a huge thank you for doing so and a huge thanks to those icon patrons dave b dj fifa player coach vass dougie chris w hugh j steve c david s matt l george alistair alan g anthony r dominic Rob P, Pobius, L, Jeff B, Christopher R, Stephen F, Michael, Tom B, Damon H, Nick Jack M, Savage P, Eric T, Roger D, Dan W, Sila P, Matt H, Harry P, Neil P, Adam G, At Pace of a Tortoise, Brian S, Andrew C, Jake G, Michael P, Springford, Zach O, Dominic G, Ruben D, Kraus, Orion B, Mindor L, Jason O, and Stephen P. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Nick V, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Safe drivers save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance. Before I leave you though, just one more thing to add. FIFA is a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, we'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, Finish it and get started on the next one. Download the app today because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.